I'd like to welcome all of you to our Ash Wednesday service. We welcome those of you who are here with us in person. We welcome those who are uh, worshiping with us online. My name is Stephen Coleman. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Reveille. Today is the first day of Lent. Today is the beginning of our journey to the cross and to Easter and to resurrection. We are so glad that all of you are with us this day. I invite you now to bow your heads as we join together for our opening prayer. O oh God, maker of everything and judge of all that you have made, from the dust of the earth you have formed us, and from the dust of death you would raise us up. By the redemptive power of the cross, create in us clean hearts and put within us a new spirit, that we may repent of our sins and lead lives worthy of your calling. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. invite you to stand and sing these words with me using number 2138 in the faith we sing. Please join me in singing.
part of our Lenten offering is to examine ourselves and to confess our sins before God. So I invite you to join me now for our prayer of common confession and then our silent personal confession. Let us pray. We confess to you, all-knowing God, what we are. We are not the people we like others to think we are. We are afraid to admit, even to ourselves, what lies beneath our souls. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, nor loved our neighbors as ourselves. Forgive us for these and all our sins. Help us not to shrink from self-knowledge and help us to trust in your guiding power. Raise us into newness of life and into the freedom of forgiven people. And for those who through long habit find forgiveness hard to accept, we ask that you break their bondage and set them free. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Hear now the good news. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory Glory to God. Amen. I invite you now to share signs of peace and reconciliation with those around you. first lesson for this night comes from the book of Joel, reading in the second chapter, verses 1 through 2 and 12 through 17. You can follow along on your pew Bibles on page 740. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be ever again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. 
Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the aged. Gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Our second lesson this evening comes from the book of Psalms, the first 17 verses of Psalm 51. I invite you to join with me now as we read together and listen together to the Word of God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation." And my tongue shall sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give burnt offerings, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. This is the word of God. For us, the people of God. Thanks. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come be with us and among us. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind to refresh and renew. Convict, convert, and consecrate for our great good and for your greater glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Many, many years ago on Ash Wednesday, I received a surprise call that one of our members, Pat Gladden, had entered in the hospital. And when I went to see Pat, she was sitting up in her hospital bed, alert and talkative. Now, I cannot remember exactly what brought Pat to the hospital, and I cannot remember exactly what we talked about on that visit, except for one thing. For what distressed Pat the most was not being in the hospital or facing ill health, but she was mostly distressed because she would miss the Ash Wednesday service that night at our church. And so near the end of the visit, I prayed with her. 
I did not have ashes with me, but I did take my thumb, and I made a cross on her forehead, and I said the words, From dust you came, from dust you shall return. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, this was not the same as receiving real ashes, but I do think it gave her some comfort and some peace. As some of you may know, I grew up in the Baptist church where we never mentioned or observed Ash Wednesday or Lent. It was only when I came to the United Methodist Church that I was initiated to this day and to this holy season. And after that hospital visit, I realized how important this day and this season of Lent can be. And so I ask you now tonight, what does bring you here this day. It has been interesting to me to read and to listen to others about what Ash Wednesday means. Officially, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent. Lent is a 40-day season when we begin our journey to Jerusalem, to the cross, to Easter. Or as we will emphasize this year, today is the beginning of our walk towards the light, our walk towards resurrection and life. But it is, it is these other more non-official definitions of this day that I have heard through the years that continue to intrigue me. Someone told me recently, for instance, that Ash Wednesday is like a revival for them. And indeed, we do use a lot of revival words this day. The prophet Joel calls us to return to the Lord with all of our heart, to rend your hearts and not your clothing, return to the Lord your God. And today we also confess our sins and acknowledge our failures. We read, we read tonight Psalm 51, which is a prayer for cleansing and for pardon. Ash Wednesday is about recognizing that sin is real. And we are called to recommit ourselves to God and to our faith. But in the midst of our sin and our failure, we also acknowledge that God is, in the words of Joel, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. In the book of Genesis, there is the familiar story of Cain and Abel. Two brothers who both gave an offering to the Lord. And the Lord favored Abel's offering more than Cain's. And Cain was not a happy camper filled with jealousy and rage. Cain kills his brother. And after the murder, Cain is sentenced to be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. 
but the Lord puts a mark on his forehead. And the preacher James Howe says that the mark of Cain is a sign of his guilt and also a sign of protection as he roams the earth. This is interacting with God on Ash Wednesday. We are guilty and we are sheltered simultaneously by God's mercy. Ash Wednesday as a revival is one aspect of this day. And then there is the preacher Barbara Brown Taylor who says that Ash Wednesday is a day when Christians attend their own funerals. Today, as we put the ashes on our foreheads, we do say, from dust you came, and from dust you shall return. And we are about as up close and personal as we can be with death without actually dying. Today we acknowledge that death is also real. And it is real not just for someone else, but it is real for all of us. But there can be something beneficial to pondering our mortality as it can help us to value our days, to do things we might not normally do, to take stock of our lives, and to live our lives more meaningfully. Because of its emphasis on sin and death, Ash Wednesday has been described as the most uncomfortable day of the year. But there is also something else important about Ash Wednesday. I was talking to a friend of mine about Ash Wednesday in Lent, and this person remembered a sermon where they heard, where, which they heard during Lent when the preacher called the people to do a special task. He described Lent in this way, let's eliminate negative thinking. Lent. Let's eliminate negative thinking. Now, we often do set special resolutions in Lent where we give up something or add something to our lives. Ash Wednesday is a time when we do also extend a special invitation to observe a holy Lent, to pray, to fast to read and meditate on God's Word. And we do encourage you this night, invite you to take up a spiritual discipline in these 40 days of Lent. For as the preacher James Harnish writes, the spiritual disciplines are practices of the Christian walk that prepare us for life's toughest challenges, free us to experience the love and grace of God, and prepare us to face death. Prayer, fasting, reading and meditating on Scripture, giving to our Lenten offering, eliminating negative thinking, writing encouraging notes to others, all of these disciplines can help us grow in love, in faith, in hope.
an invitation to observe a holy Lent, confession, returning to the Lord, facing our mortality. There is a lot that happens on this day. What does bring you here to this service? What I think it most important about this day is indeed the ashes. The ashes are what brings everything together. For when we do put the ashes on our foreheads, we are reminded of our sin and our mortality. But we also say with the ashes, believe the gospel. Believe the good news that God is indeed gracious and merciful and that the Lord has never forgotten how to breathe life and new life into ashes, dust, and dry bones. And the ashes come with an invitation to add something or give up something to make this season of Lent holy when we can grow in love, faith, and hope. Pat Gladden in the hospital was not able to receive the real ashes, but she knew how impactful and meaningful this day can be. And so let me close with one last story. There was a young woman who came up to the pastor following their Bible study. And she introduced herself and told him about her relatively newfound faith and then thanked him for leading the Ash Wednesday service. It was the middle of October, and the pastor thought the young woman was just confused. But sure enough, she was talking about Ash Wednesday seven months earlier. And she explained herself. A friend made me go, she said. I had never been to an Ash Wednesday service before. My church back home never did anything like that with the ashes and all, and I was pretty freaked out about it. I was surprised about how embarrassed those ashes made me feel. And I found myself avoiding public places. I almost did not go to class the rest of the day. But the whole day was so powerful for me, walking around with that big black mark on my forehead. And the more I thought about it, I began to feel hopeful. I know that sounds strange, but this service is so honest and I am not the person I want to be. And deep down, I know that. And since that day, I just feel like God can change me and that God wants to change me. And that feels hopeful. Ash Wednesday, a somber, reflective, uncomfortable day that is also filled with hope, with life, and with mercy. It is not an ordinary day, and this is not 
an ordinary time. Be thou our vision, O God. Be our wisdom, our word, O God. And lead us in a holy Lent. Lead us in this not-so-ordinary time and this not-so-ordinary day. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the early Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. And it became the custom of the church that before the Easter celebration, there should be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. During this season, converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when persons who had committed serious sins 
and had separated themselves from the community of faith, were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church, to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word, to make a right beginning of repentance. And as a mark of our mortal nature, let us now bow our heads before our Creator and Redeemer. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of death, dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence, so that we may remember that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We invite you to come forward to receive the ashes by walking down the center aisle and kneeling at our communion rail. We will then come around and mark your foreheads with the ashes and the sign of a cross, and you can return to your seats by the side aisle. Come now to receive the imposition of ashes.
Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for these signs, these gifts, the gift of these ashes that have been placed upon us. It is our prayer that as that mark remain with Cain, a mark of your love and also a mark of your grace, a mark that reminded us that we are known. It is our prayer that this mark would endure in these 40 days and carry us forward to follow your son Jesus as he made his way to the cross. Surround us as we enter into this season of Lent and lead, uh, lead us by your grace and by your love. For this we ask in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. These 40 days, please join me in singing. We invite you now to go forth 
to live a holy Lent. And may the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with us and be with us now and forevermore. Amen.